Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I can't wait for you to hear from today's guest, Nicole Osborne. She's here to talk about walk and talk therapy. I don't know about you, but this is something I've thought about providing for years. I just never took that step to offer it. So I have lots of questions, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have questions about this as well. Nicole Osborne is a licensed holistic mental health therapist and co-owner of Milk and Honey Therapy and Milk and Honey Merch located in Greensboro, North Carolina, soon to be located in Honolulu, Hawaii. That is amazing. She specializes in working with teens and young adults from a variety of cultural backgrounds. She loves using creative and holistic approaches to help her clients overcome anxiety, depression, trauma, athlete concerns, low self-esteem, life transitions, and identity development issues. And all of her various experiences and in the current work she does, Her deepest desire is to empower people to show up as their authentic selves. A fun fact about her is she has lived in eight places, soon to be nine. She is a nomad. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Awesome. So nine. Wow. (laughs) I take it you like moving. I do. I honestly, I've was talking to my husband the other day. I was like, I feel like a nomad. Like nowhere <laughs> feels like home. Not in a bad way. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like exploring and seeing different places and just seeing the world. Like I've I've been like that since high school. And so oh, I just okay. I'm gonna just keep it going. Keep it rolling, right? <laughs> so can you tell my listeners a little more about yourself and your work? Yeah. So I am um like Chris said, a licensed holistic therapist. Um, I'm located currently in Greensboro. And so I love working with teens and young adults. That's my favorite age group. Just lots of um, issues going on in that age group. Absolutely. Um, And I really like working with college students as well and helping them navigate just college life, grad school life as well. Just helping people just overcome academic issues, stressors, anxiety, everything that comes with just school stuff. I tend to attract a lot of people pleasers, people who have boundary issues and have a hard time setting boundaries, people who are overachievers or high achievers. And I mostly work with people from the BIPOC community, but I work with people from every different cultural background and identity. And I just love the work that I do. And I'm happy to be here to talk more about walk and talk therapy. Yes, this is awesome. So what first interested you in providing walk and talk therapy? When me and my husband were first thinking about building our practice, I think I was in some Facebook group because I joined a million different Facebook groups um, when we started prepping for our practice. And I was like, all right, uh, we want to do something creative. We at the time couldn't afford to get an office space because we were just in the startup phases. So we didn't have an office space and we knew we didn't only want to do virtual And so some person in one of the Facebook groups mentioned like playing outside or walking outside. And me and my husband were like, well, we both love walking. We walked a million miles during the pandemic, talked about a million different things. Why don't we incorporate that into our practice? So then I did some research, looked it up, and then we just went from there. So how do you handle confidentiality with this kind of work? With confidentiality, we have our clients sign paperwork knowing that there's limited or there's limitations to confidentiality because we're out in public. 
And so clients are aware of that up front. During the intake process, I tell clients like, hey, if we do walk and talk therapy and we happen to run into somebody that I know or you know, I could be your friend, your cousin, your sister. Like if you want to address me as your therapist, that's fine. But I won't say that I am. We can role play something. But I kind of just kind of make it fun and light. Like, okay, like if we do run into somebody, like how do you want to handle it? Like we'll say a hi, quick hi and bye and that's it. Yeah, that's we great. We won't like deep dive into, you know, you know, this is so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. Um, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. So we're not going to do that. So clients understand that. And thankfully, after two years, I haven't run into either somebody that I know or that my clients know. So it really isn't that big of an issue. Is there any liability concerns like with, I'm just thinking any kind of movement practice? And- mm-hmm. So we have liability insurance and it covers um, oh, walk and talk okay. therapy. And so it does. If, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's portable. And so basically you can use it in any space that you're in and your liability insurance covers it. Um, and like I said before, just making sure that your clients sign a waiver. Um, again, oh, okay. thankfully, after two years, we haven't had any injuries or incidents. So it's pretty much just like you're just walking and talking with a friend in the park. So there's usually not too much of a risk. Are there certain types of clients that like to do this kind of therapy? That's a good question. Um, A lot of teenagers, actually. Um, So my husband works with a lot of children and teens. And there was one point where he was just like walking miles, like back to back sessions just outside. And so I would say a lot of teens, I have teen clients who wanted to be outside as well. Some teens prefer inside. It just depends on the teen I've offered it to people who say they love nature and they like to be in nature, but they don't want to do walk and talk. So it just really depends. I wouldn't say there's like a trend that I've noticed. So what are the benefits that you've noticed with this? It's more relaxed. So me and my husband are super chill people, very easygoing. And so with our therapy practice, it kind of translates the same way. So um, clients really like it because, like I said earlier, it's like you're talking to a friend just going on a casual stroll. I've had clients say like, oh, it's a lot easier to talk about X, Y, and Z issue versus being in the office. And so seeing that difference for clients, clients in general, just like the mindfulness aspect. And so being outside in nature is very healing. And so just being present and in the moment and being surrounded, engulfed in nature and connected to the earth um, are some of the biggest benefits that I've seen. Do you use like mindfulness strategies while you're doing it? Yep. So I've done many mindfulness activities out when we're walking. So sometimes it'll look like me bringing like a deck of cards that talks about mindfulness or it'll be like a worksheet um, and I'll incorporate into the session while we're talking and I'll talk about literally like, okay, today we're going to talk about mindfulness and we're going to do some practice and I'll say, okay, we're going to do the five, four, three, two, one grounding activity. So what do you see around you? What do you smell? What do you taste? Talk about slowing down, noticing your walking pace, so all different aspects of mindfulness. That sounds great. Instead of just doing it in the office mm-hmm. to really incorporate nature can be so healing. Yeah, definitely. And just the bilateral stimulation too. That's what so I was going to think in my head yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, because I also do EMDR. And so just having that bilateral stimulation, the left, right, left, right is very calming for people and it makes it easier to process certain traumas. It really calms the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So that's great for regulation. Yes. Yes. And I've had clients who, you know, they're boohoo crying during session and they're, you know, just really dysregulated. So just taking a moment, I'll ask them like, hey, do you want to sit down and pause? And we'll just reground and we'll sit on a bench or in the grass or whatever it may be. And just giving them that option to reground and regulate themselves in nature is really helpful too. 
So can you share what are some other things might we might notice about a walk and talk therapy that might be different than normal in-office therapy? The biggest difference, I would say, is I guess keeping track of time um, because you can get kind of lost in nature a little bit. And so just being mindful of time. And so I wear a watch or I have my phone, but just being mindful of time and what's going on there. Other than that, it's I would say also the weather. Um, that's a big that's factor. True. That's um, what worried me because I'm like, yeah. dang, it's hot in here in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I would say, honestly, that one's the biggest one. I've done sessions, probably the coldest I've done, which was actually really refreshing. I would say like the coldest is probably 40 degrees and the hottest I've done is maybe like 95 degrees. I would not do the 95 <laughs> degrees again, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Do you offer certain times a year? That's what I um, We do it year round. And so oh, okay. we do it winter, spring, summer, fall. We just, we don't do it in the rain. Um, I don't do, I'm not a huge fan of rain. I know some people love the rain, but I, if it does rain or if it's too hot or too cold, I give the client the option like, hey, you know, it's 95 degrees today. Do you want to do the session today? Some will say yes, some will say no. Um, and if they say no, then we'll either switch to the office or do virtual. Oh, okay. So, you, so you you just do you decide like the day before or how? Does yeah, that work? typically I'll either do like the night before. I'll check the weather um, and then text my clients, or sometimes the morning of if I'm seeing them later in the evening. So, one of the two options. So, do you offer this like in the morning or evening? How does that work? So, me and my husband are not morning people. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you said evening. <laughs> We uh, start around 12 o'clock and then go until about 8 p.m. or so. And so they're all typically in the afternoon. Usually the afternoon, if it's hot, that's usually the hottest part of the day. I was like, "That's what you doing? Yeah. That's like real hot. <laughs> <laughs> but in the springtime, it's nice. It's not a bajillion yeah, degrees. True. Uh, but in the summer, it's hotter. But in the evening, it's a lot cooler. But yeah, we usually only offer afternoon and evening times. Do you only offer like a certain number per day or how does that work? Uh, no, not necessarily. So we schedule it just like any other regular session. So I typically see about five clients a day on average. Um, and with walk and talk, I think the most I've seen in one day is three. And to be honest, that was a lot because the trail, sounds like um, <laughs> cause the trail uh, or the loop that we do at the park near our office oh, and where okay. we live is about two miles. And so I was basically that day that I did three, I would walk six miles. And oh, so wow. that, it was great exercise, but it was more taxing, obviously, than a virtual session or office session. Is this more energizing as a therapist? Do you yeah, think, or it is it is. more tiring because you're exercising? It's refreshing. It's oh, okay. nice to be in a non-traditional space outside the office in a more relaxed setting. And so I know we're not supposed to think of our clients as friends, and I have very strong, firm boundaries on that. But it does feel just more like, oh, okay, I'm going to go talk to a friend and help them out, you know, with their issues like you would with your, you know, actual friend. Um, so it's refreshing. It's nice to get outside, especially being in the office all day. There's some days I'm in the office, I don't have any walk and talk sessions. And I'm like, I need to go outside and just like smell yes. the air and breathe and get the sun on my face because I've been in this office all day. So it's nice to mix it up. So some days I'll have virtual and office and walk and talk. And so I like the oh, mix up because okay. it keeps things a little bit more interesting to me. That's true. Yeah. And I think sometimes with, because I'm all virtual now that 
sometimes that like gets lonely too, mm-hmm. <laughs> just being me in my office and my cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've seen with clients who struggle with depression, like how it just opens them up. Like there was one client. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They were sitting in the office. They're just super down regulated and just crying the whole time. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, let, let's go outside. And so thankfully, there's a trail right next to our office. Um, in addition to, we also go to a bigger park. And I was like, hey, let's just go walk on the trail for a little bit. I was like, you're really dysregulated. Um, you really shut down. And so like, let's go outside. And so once we went outside, I brought a little deck of cards that have random self-reflection questions. And we just talked through them and they opened up so much more. They felt a lot better after the session. And I could just tell like in their body and just how they were carrying themselves, that they're doing a lot better than when they first came into session. Isn't that a magic moment when that happens? It is amazing. Like, I love it. Like, it just shows the power of just somatic work and holistic therapy and just doing things in a non-traditional way. Yes. And that connection, too, for them to have a more... Have a few. I mean, it's of course, I know you're serious with it, but still to have that more laid back feel Mm -hmm. to it just... You know, I have felt that before when I've sat on the floor with adult clients mm-hmm. with yoga and we're both doing yoga and, and there's something it's like feels more casual, even though mm-hmm. we're doing some somatic work. And it just felt, I don't know, it almost like takes a barrier down. It's hard to explain. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like there's some clients I sit on the floor with. And so, yeah. again, it just kind of, you know, takes away the the whole stigma of therapy that like we both have to sit in chairs. We both have to be this certain way. Or like, way. I'm like, the expert in right, my exactly. expert therapist exactly. chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm high like, and mighty. <laughs> like the whole power dynamics and hierarchy. Like me and my husband yeah. are not about that at all. Like we're like, all right, we're two human beings in a space you know, I'm here to support you. And so like, let's literally, you know, lower the hierarchy, the barriers, and let's just sit on the floor, sit on yoga mats, sit on pillows and just nice. have a good time. And I wonder too, with, cause I, I think about this when I, I used to work with teens a lot and would tell parents to open conversation with teens while they're driving, while they're side by side with their teen, because they're not facing them. And I wonder if that same kind of dynamic is that play with walk and talk that you're side by side if that can lessen some of the intimidation with therapy yeah I think so I I really do think so because I think about some of my clients who struggle a little bit with eye contact and especially the teens because not gonna lie teens are it's a little awkward sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and that's okay I embrace the awkwardness it allows me to be more awkward and goofy in session but yeah just walking side by side it again just is like all right like I'm just talking to someone I don't have to make eye contact there's not that pressure to like stare at each other in the eyes yeah I'm just thinking about some of my clients on the spectrum too that they would love this (laughs) yeah yeah I bet that would be really really helpful and really amazing for them more of a connection too because that can I know it feels stressful for them just to always feel like not that they have to look eye contact but still it's just it still can be awkward for them yeah yeah definitely I could definitely see the benefit for that population and I'm thinking anxiety too that I get some, I don't know if you've seen this too, that some clients that come in, they just have so much energy and restlessness. I mean, for me, I do yoga and that's my (laughs) body-based stuff. But I was like, maybe you could combine yoga in the park and then go for a little walk. Ooh, we're getting somewhere. That would be really (laughs) nice. That could be like a whole experience. Like if it was like a hour and a half session, you know, do some yoga, some walking, you know, all that good stuff. That would be really cool. See, then I, I, my thought goes to it's 95 and 100% humanity. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Well, you could do it in the fall. I think yeah, the fall I know, exactly. is my favorite time to do walk and talk just because the leaves are yeah, changing. Like right. It is so beautiful. And so, yeah, I would say maybe maybe try it out in the fall time, do a little test run. Yeah, no, I think that sounds wonderful. Um, just getting that fresh air because I use a lot of the mindfulness techniques and grounding too and what better way to do tree pose than being surrounded by trees? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I also mix it up. I've done art in the park Ooh. with clients. I've done photography. My husband plays outside with his clients. And so he you know, throws a football or plays soccer or he even brings toys. And so you can make it as creative as you want it to be. That's, that's good. So I think just adapting to whatever you offer. Mm-hmm. Might be helpful too. Now, what about if you where your office is that you don't have any places to walk? Yeah, that's a good question. So for us, we have the opportunity to have our office right next to a trail that's here in wonderful. North Carolina, which is like so ideal. When we got the office, we were like, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, but we also offer it at a larger park. And so if somebody were to do it, they could also potentially, depending on their office space, they could potentially walk in the parking lot. I've seen other people walk in the parking lot near my office um, if it's spacious enough and safe. Or if you live next to a neighborhood, walking in the neighborhood where there's houses and everything, again, making sure it's safe and scoping it out before you actually go to do it. But I would say if neither of those options are possible, you're probably going to have to find an actual park and just making sure you time out your sessions um, and making sure you have a gap in between your sessions so that if you have another walk and talk. That's what I wondered. Yeah, yeah, you have time to recover or if you need to go back to the office or if you need to go do virtual. So I typically... Here in Greensboro, there's not a lot of traffic and everything's close together. So I typically put 15 to 20 minutes in between just so I have time for transition. Um, For some people, they may need more time. And so it just depends on how you want to make your schedule. It sounds like you'd have to be a little bit of thought with putting that together Mm -hmm. and figuring that part out because, yeah, that could get tricky. Yeah, I remember when I first started, I had a regular like virtual session and then I had a park session. I only had 10 minutes and the park is only, I think like, five to seven minutes from my house. I was like, oh, I have time. But of course, the walk and talk session ran over and I was Uh-oh. like, crap, <laughs> I was like <laughs> speeding home. I was like, oh That's no. Harsh. So yeah, definitely make sure Scheduling, you, yeah, uh, you leave time yeah. for buffers. Also, just making sure, like I said before, do the prep up front. So when you go to sure. scope out places, yeah. you want to walk, time it out. Making sure you can find like shortcuts if you need to walk back early. It's always better to walk back earlier than, you know, being late. So just taking time to just be mindful of just your surroundings. So you don't want to go for an eight hour hike? Yeah, no, I I don't think I would recommend that. (laughs) I mean, if if you're doing an eight hour session. Yeah, right. If you're doing an intensive, sure, go ahead. I can see you being like, oh my God, look what time it is. Oh my gosh, we're over time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that's something to think about, like finding a place that has good trails maybe, Mm -hmm. but not too, you know, or timing it so that you turn around a certain time. Right, exactly. Figure that out. Yeah. So that's, again, being thoughtful with that mm-hmm. and yeah something and there's a park near here that has like these these one mile loops even if you did mm-hmm. it twice you know that yeah. could work yeah sure. and like there's been times where I thought about like I had one client specifically who 
they brought their kid to session and we only strictly did walk and talk. They didn't want to do the office. They didn't want to, we had to do virtual every now and then, but they brought their child to the session. And for me, it's like accessibility. Like you're able to, they weren't able to afford childcare. So they brought their child to session and they just put them in the stroller and everything was good. Telling clients, if it's okay with you, they can bring their dog. I had one client bring their dog or they can bring their kid. Yay, animal therapy. Right, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, there's there's options and trying to be accessible if you can. If it's not an option for you, that's okay. Are there downsides to it? Hmm. Are there downsides? Um, if you want to do, if you're a therapist who likes to do a lot of like uh, worksheets in session, like write this out. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do worksheets in sessions too. But if you're going into the session thinking like, oh, I really wanted to do this worksheet, that's probably not going to be the best option unless you're able to verbally talk out the worksheet, which oh, I've done right. before. Oh, okay. Um, I would say that's a downside if you're big on worksheets. Um, another downside, again, the weather. So like, for example, I've had clients who are like, yay, super excited. And then the weather switches up. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. That's, mm-hmm. that's a bummer. So then do you just switch to in-person or? Yeah, so we'll either do in the office or virtual, just depending on their preference. Other downsides, thankfully, uh, where the park that we go, it's not noisy, but I can imagine in other parts of the country, just being mindful of noise level. So if it is like a really noisy park, I know there's, I was recently in Central Park a couple of weeks ago, and I think there's a therapist out there who does walk and talk in in Central Park. But for me personally... I don't know if that would be enjoyable just because it's so busy. Yeah, that's <laughs> So true. that is a downside. So just being mindful of surroundings and noise. Or if there's level. a concert. Or- right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking something loud going on. Right. And, Hair. Uh, <laughs> and the park that we go to, they have certain regulations where you can't sit in the grass. Um, so oh, you can't like have, because okay. it's a national kind of park. And so you're not allowed to sit in the grass. And so... For clients who have wanted to sit in the grass, we have to go to a whole separate park. And so just, again, doing the prep work, knowing what you're getting into, knowing what time the parks close, I... Me and my client both almost got locked into the oh, parking no. lot because, <laughs> because I didn't realize the part the lot closed at five and our session oh. ended at like four fifty something. And so yeah, I would say that's a downside if parking's an issue or anything like that. And I would think too, clients that might have mobility concerns. Right. Yeah. And you also don't have to walk. Like you can just sit in, sit on a bench. So I've had some that's clients who are like, Yeah, I'm not feeling like walking to my like, all right, cool. Like let's just sit on this bench. Oh, okay. So um, it's just kind of making it just outdoor. I mean, outdoor therapy at that point. Yeah, because I guess from the therapist side, I have some chronic pain issues. So that was my only concern too, was like, if I'm having a bad day, would mm-hmm. I just be like, can I put that in the paperwork? <laughs> <laughs> that my back's not up to right. it. Or we could, maybe we can sit on the bench. <laughs> yeah, or you can. I've rolled out yoga mats before when you uh, sit in the grass or find okay. a blanket if a client's comfortable with being That's that true. close together. But yeah, it's it's all about flexibility. I would say if you're a therapist who has a difficult time with flexibility or isn't open to flexibility, walk and talk may not be the best option or, you know, just putting certain boundaries on it where it does work for you. So either one of those. Because it doesn't sound like you can't be totally rigid and structured no, with this. No, definitely. So that won't work. <laughs> no, no, definitely can't be rigid or structured. 
And I know you mentioned outdoor play therapy. So what is that and how does that work? Yeah. So my husband, he does play therapy. He's been doing it for a while now. And basically, um, same kind of concept. We thought about like, okay, like let's continue bring therapy outdoors. We love nature. Why not combine the two, being outside and playing? And so kids naturally like to be outside. They like to run around to burn off that energy, anxiety, trauma symptoms, depression symptoms, anything like that. And so what my husband did uh, is we got two like little tumble mats and basically he does play therapy on those mats. And so he brings out his big like toy chest and he sits under a shaded tree and he has the kids do play therapy on the, on the little mats or he'll throw a football with them or play soccer. So again, just being flexible and open to just the possibilities of what therapy could look like for kids, especially. Ah, that's very interesting. So I used to do play therapy, but I had never thought about outdoors with mm-hmm. it. That's like taking it a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some therapists, you know, do art therapy outside. So having chalk and things like that. Honestly, the possibilities are endless. Obviously, as long as you're being ethical and safe and your liability insurance covers it. And if you have questions, call your liability insurance. But yeah, everything that we've done, we've researched and we've, you know, looked over liability and all that stuff. And again, thankfully, we haven't had any injuries or issues or anything severe. Any problems with bugs? That would be my concern. No, to be honest, not really. Uh, I bring bug spray with me. So I bring bug spray, um, like all natural bug spray. So no worries about like, you know, chemical ingredients or allergic reactions. Um, Bring water, tissues, my feelings wheel. But yeah, no issues with bugs, thankfully. Maybe one or two times, but it was for like a very brief moment. That's good. Yeah. Because I know that could be sometimes when you're outside, you never know. Yeah. I'm not a, not a fan of the bugs. I love nature. The bugs Me neither. Can, can go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what about clients with insurance? Does insurance, would that not cover this kind of therapy? And do you know? So I, I've read different things. So I've read that if you're offering outdoor or walk and talk therapy, that you can leave the office, but you have to come back and insurance will cover that. Mm-hmm. I've also heard a therapist say that you can make uh, it the intervention. So walk and talk therapy is the intervention. So there's, I don't know the correct full answer to be very That's honest. Okay. They're not saying we're, we're like doing anything illegal or anything like no, that. I know, I know. But just being mindful of the CPT codes um, and the location codes and That's also true. asking insurance, they would cover it. So just being mindful of those factors. But for the most part, we're private pay. And so- oh, okay. um, uh, we don't go through insurance unless the client needs a super bill. And so the clients we do walk and talk with, it's usually they're the private pay clients. Do you charge more for a walk and talk or is it the same price? Nope, the same price. So we charge the same. Oh, okay. I told you I had a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I want people to know like, I know. what they're, yeah. you know, what to expect, what they're getting into. Um, when I was searching around, I was looking for all this information and I didn't really see it out there. Um, And so I'm glad that, you know, you invited me to be here to talk about it because I would have had all the questions that you have. And people are more than welcome to contact me if they have more questions. Um, But to be very honest, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. So basically the steps that I would say is make sure your liability insurance covers it. 
find a couple parks that you want to go to or offer. Or if you're looking for an office space, finding an office space near a park trail, having our clients sign a waiver during the intake, and then also talking about it during the intake, letting your clients know to wear comfy shoes and bring some water, letting them know that you'll text them the day before, day of, if you need to switch. Um, When you get to the actual park, giving them the lay of the land. So basically what I do is say, hey, so this is the park. We're going to walk probably about two miles. You can either take this side, this trail, or this trail. Which one do you want to do? So giving them autonomy to choose. And so giving them the lay of the land and then making sure you have any tissues, any kind of therapy tools that you want to bring. Um, I also bring a little deck of therapy cards or self-reflection cards. Um, and then you just do the session and then it's over. So maybe I'm not oversimplifying. I'm making it more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say for you is, I guess, the the hesitation to offer? And I, I know guess you're it's interviewing like the, me, but I'm wondering. I know. I'm just thinking, again, the temperature for me. Because, yeah. well, here's the problem. Like, if I get overheated, too, it can, like, trigger migraines for me. Mm. So I'm always, like, really cautious in North Carolina. Yeah. And the temperature varies, as you know, so significantly. Right here. So, yeah, but I guess if you had a policy in place, that would be fine. Yeah. You know, but you can, I guess you can just, if you really think about it, put all those things in place to say, Mm -hmm. hey, here's my procedure. I will text you the night before if something's going to happen with the weather that we'll Mm -hmm. need to do whatever different kind of sessions. So, Mm -hmm. but I think just putting that into play. And I was concerned with the insurance piece too, because I do take some insurance. Yeah. So, but from what I heard that, you can't, but I don't know. There's different, I guess you'd have to figure out the insurance you take and if they cover it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, you know, some factors to look into, but I think it's pretty, pretty feasible. Like when we first started out, because we started out during the pandemic, um, yeah. we noticed just a shift in more people offering outdoor and walk and talk oh, therapy. And okay. So I think it's becoming That's you know true. more trendy-ish now to have that option. Absolutely. And I did do, we didn't call it this back then, when I first started in my career working with difficult kids and Mm -hmm. adolescents that had really severe issues, some of them wouldn't talk. Mm. So that was perfect. And I played more basketball with boys (laughs) (laughs) outside, but we, and sometimes we would just go for a walk around the ground. It was a specialized school for kids Mm -hmm. with behavior issues, but we would just go outside and walk. But I didn't think of it as walk and talk there. I'm like, we're just going to try to do some out-of-the-box stuff because sitting in my little tiny windowless office wasn't oh, helpful. No. <laughs> not windowless. Oh, oh that was brutal, man. <laughs> so, yeah, rough. you kind of had to to really meet these kids differently. Yeah. But, but so many of them would relax more and mm-hmm. talk more. Yeah, so it, 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 it does bring a different style of therapy, I guess, especially those difficult kids and adolescents that aren't, it's not their favorite. And I think boys... Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Some yeah, of my them. husband works with Ooh. a lot of teenage boys, and so I think if he didn't offer walk and talk therapy, he might have might more not challenge. do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good but, option. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Because I mean, there's a stigma, obviously, for males, you know, in therapy, and so to say, like, hey, like, let's go just meet at the park and talk. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, we're going to the park. We're not like you know yeah. going to a doctor office ish kind of vibe. I'm glad you said that because I guess, does it help with the stigma of therapy and mental health, you think? I think so. Because a lot of people, a lot of prospective clients have called and be like, oh my gosh, I've never heard of this. Like, this is cool. This is interesting. And so they're more open to the idea of therapy just based off that. Even if they only do office sessions, the fact that we offer something that's non-traditional and kind of breaks the box of what therapy, quote unquote, should look like. I think people are just like, oh, wow. Okay. So therapy doesn't have to be in an office. It can be, you know, anywhere. 
I guess, per se. Yeah. And to me, it is more holistic too, because you're using the physical, but then you're working on the mental health piece and yeah. And a connection to me, it's like a spiritual piece too, yeah. connection to the earth, whatever you believe with that. And Yeah, no, we're, we're spiritual. And so, you know, just being connected to the earth and just seeing God's creation and just seeing just the small details and having gratitude and just for everything that's been created and for us to just be able to enjoy. So it definitely is spiritual for us. Mind, body, spirit, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Love that. So, Nicole, was there anything else you wanted to share about this? I think we covered everything. I I think we covered just all the amazing benefits of it, things to be mindful of and aware of just steps to take. And so if you want to do it, I say do what it. What do you say? Um, do it. <laughs> just just do it. And you can always try it out. And if it doesn't work, like that's you true. just don't offer it again. And that's all right. Like you just pivot. And so if it does work out, even better. But, you know, there's no harm in trying. Absolutely. So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? Yeah. So people can follow me on social media. I'm most active on Instagram, so at Milk and Honey Therapy. You can also go to my website, which is milkandhoneytherapy.com. And if you'd like to get in contact with me, you can send me an email at Nicole at milkandhoneytherapy.com. And we'll put those in the show notes as well so people can access that. But I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Nicole. Thank you for having me, Chris. I enjoyed my time here. This has been great. And listeners, don't forget to join us for another episode next Wednesday. If you haven't already, please rate and leave a review today on whatever podcatcher you're using. This helps us to continue to grow our holistic community. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Ready to engage with other holistic counselors? Head on over to my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, where you'll be able to connect with other holistic counselors just like you. You'll also gain invaluable resources on holistic practices daily and connect with others in a fun, drama-free environment. Remember to tune in next Wednesday for another episode.